Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how it goes? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Smoothie King Center today, the site of Game 3 of the NBA playoff series between your New Orleans Pelicans and the Golden State Warriors. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us today. We have a fantastic show for you on this Thursday. We're going to preview, of course, Game 3 tonight. We're going to talk a little NFL today. We're going to talk PGA Tour today. We're going to hear from Mark Stein from ESPN. Uh, we're, we're stacked. We're ready to go. And uh, I think the whole city is fired up about tonight's uh, basketball game. I'll tell you right now, the uh, T-shirts are laid out inside the Smoothie King Center on each and every chair is a uh, red T-shirt. Play on NOLA, I think it says. Uh, for everyone to uh, participate in a red out tonight. The Pelicans will wear, will wear their red uniforms. Those were the same uniforms they wore to beat the Spurs in the last regular season game and uh, move into the playoff picture. And uh, look, I know they're down 2-0, but this is, uh, this is kind of the way it's supposed to work in a sense. Uh, the home team, the Golden State Warriors, the top seed, won their two home games. They simply hold serve. Uh, now the Pelicans get two home games, and we'll look to uh, return the volley, if you will, and uh, even this series up. Anthony Davis was in the locker room just a few moments ago, right before we taped today's podcast, and had some things to say about tonight's game, how it is the series has progressed, and certainly how he's played here in his first NBA playoff series. Trying to get this win. You know, we know we're at home. Um, we know we're at home. Um, you know, it looks look like it's going to be sold out. And, you know, we're just trying to have our fans behind us get a win. You know, made a couple adjustments. Um, but just trying to focus on, you know, game three, trying to get this game. And, uh, you know, this play our style of basketball. Um, it's going to be a tough game. You know, last year we played and we beat them here. And uh, we got to come out with that energy, you know, that we came out against San Antonio when we last played at home. And, um but it's going to be a great game. Our fans are going to be behind us, you know, so uh, we're definitely excited. Everybody kind of described them as invincible before this series started. Do you, do you guys feel like you've punched a couple holes in, in, in all that talk? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've been we've been you know pretty close with both games. You know, not like we lost out like twenty, you know, twenty five you know, either one of the games. You know, we just uh they just hit some big shots down the stretch. We had a couple of turnovers down the stretch that kinda you know, uh opened up gap opened that gap up for them. You know, but we think we're more than capable of winning games. Um, we just have to find a way to get over there, huh? How much do the regular season games here matter now is kind of your guys comp how much do they help your guys' confidence or yeah, meaningful uh, are they? Yeah, um you know, our, our regular season games are nothing like playoffs, you know, but um we know it's gonna be a great atmosphere tonight. Um, you know, just by playing, you know, them four times, you know, we got a good feel of them. And then playing them twice, you know, already, you know, uh, nothing's going to change of what they do and what we do. Um, you know, but we got to limit, you know, some of the things that, that we do off, uh, offensively as far as turning the ball over, you know, and taking bad shots. Um, and even settling for jumpers, we got to attack more, and, um, you know, defensively. Knowing you know who their go-to guys are and know which players for which guys try to take it out, you know. But our, our atmosphere, our fans will be you know pretty crazy tonight. So hopefully you know, we can get that extra boost from them. Hey, do you, you guys have been building toward this moment for a while now, having a whole playoff game. How important do you think this moment is for, for you guys as a team and the franchise? Uh, it's definitely important. You know, uh, you know, we know it was exciting for us just to make the playoffs. You know, but that's not you know where we stop. We don't want to be a you know team or you know, where we just, uh, we made the playoffs, you know, we lose 4-0 or 3 or whatever, you know, we're satisfied. You know, our game, our, our job is to win games. And um, coming back home, it's tough to win games on the road, you know, especially in, in the environment that they have to go to state. Um, when we're back home, you know, we feel like we can beat anybody. So that's our that's our goal right now. And um, just trying to go out there and win game three. How much do you think you're bothering them defensively? Um, I'm just trying to, you know, Contest a lot of shots, knowing some guys are are good uh, jump shooters and try to alter their shots and put a hand in their face. And that's what we all try to do, just trying to disrupt them a little bit. You know, we know they can get too comfortable, and um, once they get comfortable, then you know it's very hard to stop them. So um, we try to you know be physical with them early in the game, you know, and and uh, wear them down a little bit. What's it like to do a good job on Steph, especially in crunch time, and then they have other guys that step up and, and, and hit big shots? Yeah, it's tough. You know, they got guys who can shoot the ball. You know, if it's not Steph, it's Clay. If it's not Clay, it's Draymond. If not Draymond, you know, it's, it's anybody. You know, so they. I mean, they, a lot of their, you know, uh, guys can shoot the ball. So um, they're a tough team to guard. You know, you take out one option, you giving up another option. So uh, you know, we just got to be on a string tonight, talking defensively, and uh, you know, try to have you know somebody than Clay, Clay or Steph beaters. Davis, by the way, is averaging 30.5 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, and three blocks per game in the first two games of this series. Eric Gordon hasn't been too shabby either, by the way. 19.5 points per game through the first two, and he's 9 of 17 from three-point range. Obviously, those are the two guys who have led the Pelicans thus far. And then on the Golden State side, uh, let's not ignore that Steph Curry is averaging 28 points a game and five and a half assists per game. Now, his seven of 22 from three uh, is probably a little further down than what he'd like. Um, but certainly when you look at Clay Thompson's six of 14 from three, he's helped to offset that. And by the way, Thompson uh, won 11 of 17 from the field last game and now is averaging 23 and a half points per game through the first two. So tip-offs a bit later tonight. <laughs> Ooh, 842 is what they're telling us. 842 Central. 
for tonight's tip-off. We'll have it for you on the Pelicans Radio Network, and we're going to talk more NBA in just a moment with Mark Stein from ESPN. Golf-wise, Nicholas Thompson from the PGA Tour is uh, set to join us today. He is participating in round one of the Zurich Classic as we speak. Drew Brees was over at uh, the TPC yesterday. I want to share with you his thoughts uh, on the offseason and a few other matters. And then Scott Warman from KMOX Radio in St. Louis continues our NFL Draft Series today as we look at the St. Louis Rams and the number 10 pick overall. Stay with us. Busy show here on this Thursday. Mark Stein from ESPN right after this. The time is now for you to be a part of something special. All-star Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans have taken it to another level, and we want you to be on board for even bigger things to come next season. Pelican season ticket holders score the best seat locations, best ticket prices, discounts on concessions, merchandise, and much more. Plus, become a Pelican season ticket holder now to receive preferred access to Pelican's playoff tickets. Call 525-HOOP and get your Pelican's tickets today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Mark Stein from ESPN has been with us before here on the Black and Blue Report and certainly glad to have him back here during this playoff series between the Pelicans. The start. Good to see This is our second city together. Yeah, real tough assignment, huh? Bay Area and New Orleans. I, got, I, uh, I did pretty well. You, you might have to watch your waistline a little bit, as I will too. Yeah, it's a... Uh, on that perspective, it's probably the worst series I should be. I could be covering. <laughs> what do you take away so far? What have you observed? What's what's uh, struck you in the first two games? You know, it doesn't count in the win column, but I mean, the Pelicans really. You know, we see nothing but two-zero deficits when we look around the league. But I think the Pelicans have done very well for themselves. You know, Golden State began the playoffs with this air of invincibility, and nobody can go into their place and play well. And New Orleans, New Orleans has been right there twice. Anthony Davis has given them all kinds of problems at both ends. And I wasn't here on that last regular season night when the Pelicans beat San Antonio, but I heard about it, how great the crowd was and what a raucous atmosphere it was. So I, I'm, I'm really interested to see. Uh, you know, a lot of people came into this ther- series thinking Golden State's going to sweep, and there's been very little sweep evidence so far. Yeah, I think, I think you're right in that sense. Um, but I will say this, Golden State was a very decent road team during the regular season, and frankly, I don't think they maybe get enough credit for that. Oh, no, they, they're, look, they're a fantastic road team. They're a fantastic defensive team. Uh, they're the whole package. But I think Anthony has proven even more ready for this stage than we thought. Offensively, he's still figuring things out on the fly, and you see – Guy's capable for going 30 and 10 every night, but defensively, his length, his activity, how much ground he covers, it's really thrown a wrench into what Golden State's trying to do. I, I talked to guys over the last two years that are like you, kind of on the national beat of the NBA, and they all kept saying, boy, if we could just get Anthony Davis to the playoffs, his profile would change tremendously. Are you already seeing that benefit based on the way that he and this team have played? Yeah, and I think you have to be happy for him because – uh, you know, I spent all of last summer with Team USA, and he was on TV all the time. 
had a great summer with Team USA. Foul trouble plagued him in the gold medal game, but he has this great summer. And then the TV schedule comes out, and the Pelicans are on the national TV schedule, what, once? And then they added a couple games, yeah. so I think it was three in the end. But, you know, three, three doses of Anthony Davis for America is not enough. And so now prime, every game here is prime time. And, you know, again, he's, he's up to a 20-point fourth quarter in his first playoff game. And, you know, again, I would say defensively is where he's been more eye-catching because, I mean, it's just – it is ridiculous how much ground he covers and, and – the havoc that he can wreak when he's still so young. The home crowd's going to make a difference. I agree with you on that. If you could put your finger on something else that this Pelicans team needs to do to, I wouldn't say avoid a sweep, but to make it more of a series again, what would it be at this point? I think they got to get three, four guys going, and that's just something that hasn't happened yet. And, and health's been a factor, too. I mean, you could make the case that Tyreek Evans and, and Drew Holiday are the second and third most important players on this team in some order. I'm sure Ryan Anderson figures into that equation as well. And you would think at home they're going to get three, four guys scoring. And, right. and so Anthony doesn't have to carry such a big load because uh, if you could get some shooters going, it would loosen things up around him because obviously come fourth quarter, Golden State's locked in on one guy. Mark Stein's with us. Let's go up to Oklahoma City. What's your take on what happened with Scott Brooks? Well, on one hand, it's, uh, it just shows you what a tough business this is because Scotty Brooks couldn't have done more this season than he did with that team with all the injuries they had, only having Durant for 27 games. But Sam Presti is as decisive a general manager as there is in this league, and he feels like a new voice is needed. He feels like a change is needed. Sam has such a good track record. You know, it's hard to say you made, a, you made a mistake, even though Scotty Brooks is so well-regarded. He's going to get a job in five minutes if he wants one. Denver and Orlando want him if he wants to wait for another job. He's going to be in the league when he wants to. Scotty Brooks is not going to have to wait. But uh, it's, it's really bold entering Kevin Durant's final year of his contract because you've got Durant's contract issue. You've got Durant coming back from an injury, and now you're going to have a new coach. I mean, that, you know, they're not making it easy on themselves. But, again, Sam Presti doesn't listen to the noise. He doesn't listen to what – Guys like me say he does what he thinks is right. Care to speculate on what Sam might try and do with that position? Well, everybody's talking about Billy Donovan and, and Kevin Ollie, and I think justifiably so. The relationships there are well known. Sam is very tight with Billy Donovan. He's hired two guys from Donovan's staff in the last year plus. Kevin Ollie was beloved as a Thunder player, very well regarded by Kevin Durant, someone else Sam Presti's very high on, and can't do much better in your first year coaching than he did. Yeah. So. The focus on those guys is natural and justified. But again, this is Sam Presti. He's going to take a step back. It will be a broader search than we think. I'm sure there are names that we don't even know about yet. Uh, but I think you're hearing about Donovan and Ollie for good reason. You're around the Mavericks enough for me to ask you about this. The Rajon Rondo situation, by all appearances now, seems to be an absolute dumpster fire at this point. Um, did you see it coming? And, uh, and did Dallas have any way of seeing this coming? I can't sit here and say that I saw the scenes of game two coming because that was, that was pretty unusual um, for things to go so awry. But the, look, going into the playoffs, nobody close to this team thought Rondo was there for the long term. I, I think it had already been decided that this isn't working, the fit doesn't work, the dice roll didn't come off. The last hope was if Rondo blows up in the playoffs and has a great postseason, maybe, may, you know, and that's one of the reasons Dallas brought him there, maybe this thing can be salvaged. But it's just not going to happen. Uh, 
the Mavs tried it. It didn't work. I, I still say they made the right decision to try it. They weren't going to win in my eyes the way they were set up before. Great offensively, far weaker defensively than they are now. They gave it a whirl. It didn't work. And look for a lot of change this summer in Dallas. That's fair to say. Um, let me ask you this before we go. I know we're still early in round one, relatively so. What do you think, though? Any, any idea what the number one story might be coming out of the first round, whether it be potential upset, how a team looked, the way the landscape shapes out. Is there any way to start to tell at this point? Well, the story so far has just been how we've got seven series that are 2-0 as of this time that you and I are sitting here, and uh, Clip Spurs is the only 1-1, one -one. Right. and that was the one that everybody thought was going to be the best series. So uh, Golden State's path to the finals is as favorable as they could have asked for because – the Clippers and the Spurs are regarded as the two teams most likely to knock them off. One of those teams isn't going to be around after this round. San Antonio, even if even if it survives this series, Tony Parker's ailing. Uh, so, and then Memphis and Portland are two teams that are a little bit banged up now. Now Memphis has negotiated the first two games of their series in, in more comfortable fashion than I anticipated. But you know, Golden State, assuming they can get by the Pelicans, has a real opportunity here to to uh, to win the West. And I think we're just going to continue to be focused on the West because, uh, look, a Chicago-Cleveland series, that's, that's going to catch our eye in the second round as well. But uh, right now the East is, you know, you, you, can just, you can just wait for round two probably most realistically. Enjoy the series. Enjoy the rest of the postseason run here. Um, I dare you probably won't find two better food cities than what you're dealing with right now, and it's always a pleasure to have you, Mark. I, I promise you I, there will be no complaints coming out of my mouth. Mark Stein from ESPN with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a moment. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, welcome back to the Smoothie King Center. We're going to turn our attention to football for the next two segments, uh, starting with the uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees. Uh, Drew was participating in the Pro-Am yesterday at the uh, Zurich Classic, TPC Louisiana. Uh, it was a, a first chance for a lot of folks, I think, to catch up with Drew on a number of off-season topics. He spent just a little bit of time with the media. Here's a listen into that. Shocked what's happening in the off-season, Drew? Uh, I don't think anything surprised me anymore, and I, I think you take the mindset of worry about what you control, and um, 
I'm, I was excited to get back here on Monday and see the guys in our locker room and, and get going again. Is there a different vibe in there now? I mean, can, can you feel with all the changes? I don't know about a different vibe, but there's certainly some new faces and guys that are going to play some pretty key roles on our team this year. And so um, I think this, this period of time is, is important, not only to get back training again and the strength and conditioning program and just the way that kind of the foundation that that builds moving forward, but also um, just these, you know, building that camaraderie and that chemistry with these guys. And a lot of these guys are going to have big leadership roles as well. So you want to, you know, you want to make sure that we're kind of doing things the right way so that we can kind of pave the way to success later on. How closely will you watch the practice? You guys can do so much with so many picks. Yeah, again, I mean, I, I'm more of the not, not sitting there as the pick is happening, but right as the pick has happened, I get the, the text or the, you know, I'm checking online every now and then just to kind of see and then, you start to visualize how it all fits together. Drew, did you get any input or advance warning on the moves that were coming, or, or, or did you think you? No, I mean, it? listen, no. I, I think I think that at the end of the day, I trust, we trust, Sean, Mickey, all those involved in those decisions to make the decisions that are best for the team. And so we never question that. Um, it's it's always the guys that are in the locker room; those are the guys we have, and that's who we're moving forward with. And I think we're, we're poised to make uh, a big. You know, a big play in this draft with the number of picks that we have and the amount of talent that's out there, and I think that that's what we're looking forward to and excited about and, right now. And some of the philosophy that Sean and Mickey had said is, you guys have always had a top five or six offense with a bunch of different moving parts for nine years in a row. Do you do you believe in that philosophy and ha have confidence that that you guys can make it work with different parts? No, absolutely, absolutely. And and you look at a lot of the players that have come through here, and man, they've they've played such significant roles. You know, when they've been here, and. Um, I think in Jimmy's case, you know, Jimmy and Sproles, take Sproles, I mean, take a number, Sproles went on and, and will continue to have, I imagine, a great career in Philadelphia. I imagine Jimmy will go on and have a great career in Seattle and whatever else happens. But bottom line is, you know, look around our locker room and what types of careers can we help these guys in our locker room have right now? And, and I think we can have some pretty good ones. Your thoughts on the schedule that came out yesterday? Yeah. Set us up a little easier than yeah. last year. Well, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> Uh, you know what? What kind of what standard are you using? I mean, if you're just looking at records and this and that, or locations, I mean, you never know how. Bottom line is, you you got to play. You got to play your best to win every week. It doesn't matter who you're playing, where you're playing, when you're playing them. Um, and and as the season goes along, you know, there's different different circumstances that work their way into those games. Um, but as for now, you look at it and you say, man, these are all really good NFL teams that are playing for the same thing we're playing for. Drew, any any discussion about? extending your contract or is that a, a conversation that happens after this season no I, I mean listen if there if there was I wouldn't say anything about it um, just like I there's a lot of things that I won't comment on from a contract standpoint just because those conversations are between me and our organization and that's the way I'll always that's the stance I'll always take with that with all that's uh, gone on this offseason it seems like their name was coming up constantly with reports and whatnot what was the, the strangest report that you heard about or were forwarded or whatever regarding yourself. I mean, well, all the trade rumors I would hear from people. I would have people come in and say, oh, I hear you're getting traded to Tampa. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> and then the next week it's like, okay, who is it this week? Buffalo, you know, or wherever else. So um, I lost track. But, again, it's – I know that if, 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 if things like that were taking place that I have the type of relationship with our team, our organization, that I would I would know about those things. So if, if – uh, I, when I hear them secondhand or from a media outlet or what have you, then I don't really pay it much. Drew, you attention. talked so much about attitude, culture, things like that. Yeah. Uh, too early in the offseason to get an indication of, of where guys' mindsets are at? Or, or... Oh, I mean, 
way too early in regards to you know the the identity that's built by the team because that that takes months and months and, and throughout training camp and I mean you you, you build that over time and, and with repetition with practice at this point I just know we got a bunch of young hungry guys that see a great opportunity still feeling like you got another nine years in you <laughs> absolutely but you, you, you can't look further than just what's ahead of you and I'm I'm excited for the opportunity we have I'm excited for the opportunity a lot of these young guys have because when you know, everyone wants to talk about the guys that depart. Well, well, how about the guys now that, that are given that opportunity? I mean, those those are the exciting ones. And we can point to many, many guys in the past that due to other guys' departure, they became, you know, core players for us. They became, you know, faces of the franchise. Brandon Coates among the most exciting. You guys were really oh, starting yeah. to get into a rhythm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we spent some time together this offseason. And, uh, man, I, I love everything about him. His, 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 his makeup. Um, and just his physical ability. I mean, he's got he's got all kinds of talent. That's Drew Brees, and of course, the Saints continue their off-season conditioning program today over on Airline Drive. They've got guys basically working out in kind of three different shifts, uh, starting very early in the morning, and that now continues for some time. Take a break and look at the NFL draft from the uh, point of view from St. Louis. The Rams selected number ten. We'll talk about that next. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. We continue our NFL Draft Preview Series up to number 10 now. That's where we find the St. Louis Rams. And uh, joining us from Camel X Radio in St. Louis is Scott Warman, a good friend, and he's been on before. He'll help us get ready for the uh, Rams and what they might do at number 10. Scott, good to see, uh, talk to you again. Um, I will... Um, I will forego any talk of the Rams' future in St. Louis and uh, keep it in the hallway of next week's NFL draft, if that's all right with you. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. Um, what do the Rams look to do here? I, we could start with their needs, or we could start with what you're hearing. Um, I'll let you uh, start the car and drive. What do you want to do? Well, honestly, Sean, I think what they really need more than anything else is they need offensive linemen. I mean, right now, what they're sitting at, they let Jake Long go. They let Scott Wells go. Um, they did not receive or re-sign Davin Joseph. Joe Barksdale's a free agent that's still out there that I think they're trying to re-sign, uh, but at a, at, a, at a reduced price than what Barksdale and his agent are looking at. So right now they have Roger Saffold and uh, <clears throat> Greg Robinson, who they drafted number two overall last year. That's it. So they need three offense, starting offensive linemen just to start off with. So you would think you would think that that's probably the the area that they're going to 
um, heavily looked into, not only beyond the first round, but through the better part of this draft. But, you know, they still could use a game-breaking wide receiver. A couple of years ago, as you know, Sean, they went up, traded up to get Tavon Austin, number eight overall, and he just hasn't been the game-breaker that I think they had anticipated. Now, again, he's in his third year. This is the test year, and he's had some moments, but not the moments that you like to see when you trade up for a number eight overall pick. So that big game-breaking number one wide receiver is, is an option that I think the Rams are looking at. And the other one, obviously, is, is that quarterback. Everybody knows about the big trade, Bradford going to the Eagles and the Rams getting Nick Foles. Now, Foles is only signed for, for one year. So if you don't like what you see out of Foles or if the Rams uh, decide that this is just a one-year deal um, with Foles and they want to go on a, a different route, then maybe if a Marcus Mariota by some remote chance does fall to number 10, I think that could be a, a distinct possibility. A lot of scouts and people that I know that have coached in the NFL really believe that uh, Mariota is a guy that's a little bit more of a project. They don't think he's the type of guy that can walk right into a system and start from day one, that he's, he's got to have a little bit of a learning curve. So with all that being said, maybe that's the perfect scenario for a guy like Marcus Mariota. Again, uh, if he falls all the way down to number 10, or if the Rams trade up, I mean, if we look at this, now fourth year of the regime of Les Snead, the general manager, and Jeff Fisher, the head coach, Sean, it, you know, they haven't been afraid to trade up or trade down and, and add more picks or, or try to go after somebody that they're really kind of eyeing on. Uh, so that could be a possibility if Mariota uh, is maybe one of their targets. Last week it was not only offensive coaches, the head coach, the general manager, even the COO, Kevin Dimoff, went up to Eugene, Oregon, to watch uh, Mariota uh, work out. Now, as we all know, in this time and day and age right now in the month of April in the NFL, it could be a big smoke screen, too, because everybody is playing poker. But I think there would be some general interest. But to me, more than anything else, I think, Sean, they have to go offensive line because that is of deep need right now, as I just told you, just because they only have two starting offensive linemen right now on the roster heading into next week's draft. All right. Based on, based on those needs, and I think you hit them all there uh, for the Rams, let me throw – uh, two, well, first of all, let's talk about the trade-up possibility. If the Rams are starting at 10 and have six picks overall, do they have enough to move up to the top five, or is there some other rumination there that would have to happen? That's a great question. You wouldn't think so unless they add something from um, last year or next year's draft uh, to put together in a package. Um, you know, who would be, is there a player or something involved in that package? Obviously, the Rams have a lot of depth still at the defensive line. That might be They may have the deepest defensive line than anybody in the National Football League. So that could be a distinct possibility, again, if they really target Mariota. Something tells me, though, uh, to be quite honest with you, Sean, that if the Rams are going to do anything trade-wise in the first round, I would think maybe they would go back instead of moving forward mm-hmm. uh, you know, out of that number 10 slot. But, again, it's what kind of package do they have uh, are, are offered from, from another team. But uh, you, you've got a couple of offensive linemen that are sitting there. You know one down at LSU and Collins, mm-hmm. who is, uh, I, I know, highly regarded. I know Brandon Scherf, just up north of the state of Missouri and Iowa, is you know, two of the highly touted offensive linemen, and, and they both have come into Rams Park for uh, workouts and, and to meet with the organization. So there's no doubt that the 
seems at least that the Rams have a lot of interest in those two particular offensive linemen if they're sitting there at number 10. You mentioned wide receiver too. What about Amari Cooper or Kevin White? If they're if they're available at 10, does that trump the offensive line need or or you know, does it stay with Scherf? What what do you think? It's a great question. Um, and one would think that uh, it would it's a distinct possibility. I, I especially I've always been in intrigued with Cooper and I think you know there's a game breaker for you right there and if you want that game breaker and he's sitting there at number 10 I think it would be very very difficult Sean for the Rams to to bypass uh, something like that but again as long as they have a backup plan you know I'm of the belief and this is just my own personal opinion that everything starts up front if you don't have an offensive line and you can't control the line of scrimmage your quarterback's not going to have time to throw to Amari Cooper you Mm -hmm. know you're, you're running back whether it's you know, Trey Mason or Zach Stacy or whoever you have in the backfield, they aren't going to be able to run the football if you don't have an offensive line. So if it was my personal opinion, even if Cooper's there, if I'm the Rams, I'm going offensive line. But again, I can see where Cooper would be intriguing because he is that game breaker that the Rams have been wanting for, you know, a long time since, well, you have to go back to Torrey Holt's days uh, and Isaac Bruce back in the early 2000s, the last time the Rams had a legitimate game breaker at wide receiver. Yeah, it's been a long time. All right, backup quarterback. You mentioned Foles and whether he's long term or not. I think that he would be penciled in as your starter right now. Uh, Mariota might be a, a stretch at this point, but have you heard the names uh, Brett Hundley from UCLA or Bryce Petty from Baylor tossed around Rams Park at all? I have heard Bryce Petty's name uh, most definitely, and I know that they did give a look see of a Brett Hundley from UCLA as well. So. I think those guys are distinct possibilities. I, I would be surprised, Sean, if and you know, with the first three rounds, at least one of those three picks there in rounds one, two, or three, that there is not a quarterback taken. You know, we really thought that there was going to be a quarterback taken early in last year's draft. Well, they did wait until the sixth round to draft a guy by the name of Gary Gilbert out of SMU, and he didn't even make the team. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, one would think that if Mariota's not there with that 10th overall pick and you do go – offensive lineman or potentially wide receiver that second or third round you would have to get some type of backup plan a petty if he's there at the second round or Hundley if you have interest in him coming up in the second round to add to that depth like you're talking about uh with the, with the quarterback position Austin Davis will be back uh with the team so he was uh, a comparable backup that started a couple of games you know with the team when Sam Bradford went down uh, with the injuries, so you know they've always got that use as a backup plan. But I mean, as far as a long-term option, I definitely think that they have to go a quarterback route. I would think at least within the next, within the first three rounds, because like you mentioned, we talked about Foles as an unrestricted free agent after this year. He could move on. He may not be impressive. And, and the one thing, and I think most football fans know, and as you know, Sean, with with the Rams system, it's it's not. It's not the old greatest show on turf days. This is, you know, ground and pound with Jeff Fisher. He's all about running the football. So it's not like you really have to win a lot of games. He's looking for a quarterback that just has to be more efficient than anything else. He'll rely on his defense. He'll rely on his running game. You know, he's kind of old school football going back to those old Chicago Bears days. And I think that's, you know, what they're looking for in a, in, in a quarterback. And so, you know, if you get to the second and third round, you get a guy that you can kind of groomed to be that type of quarterback you, you want in your system, uh, maybe that works out more to the benefit of the Rams. Great stuff. Great stuff. He covers the Rams, the Cardinals, the Blues, and that's just the start. That's Scott Warman from KMOX Radio.
in St. Louis. Scott, thank you very much. I hope that you enjoy the postseason you're covering now in the NHL, and I know that you'll be tuned in next week for the NFL draft as well. Most definitely. Anytime, Sean. Thanks, buddy. All right, back after this. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Well, as we mentioned earlier, round one underway over the TPC, the Zurich Classic, and the PGA Tour's lone appearance uh, here in the Crescent City, or their annual visit, I should say. And I'm looking outside of our studios at Smoothie King Center now and hoping that the uh, weather cooperates across the river over there on the West Bank. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Daniel Salerson caught up with Nicholas Thompson of the PGA Tour. Uh, he is participating in this year's tournament here in New Orleans. And uh, this is Daniel Salerson, of course, with Nicholas Thompson. Nicholas, you have played the Zurich Classic before. What do you like about the course and the tournament in general? You know what? The golf course is good. They get in really good shape every year. And the people just treat you so great here. And the, the food is amazing. <laughs> What's your favorite food to eat as far as when you come down here? Is there anything you always look forward to eating when you get down here? I like the jambalaya and the uh, um, corn makshu, is it? Makshu? Yeah, bok choy. Bok choy, that's it. <laughs> there you go. Nice, very nice. Um, talk about this course a little bit. You said um, they do a good job of keeping up with the greens and all that. Is there any challenge um, challenges about this course, whether it's a particular hole, a particular green? Um, what is challenging about TPC Louisiana? Well, you know what? It's uh, it's got challenges throughout the whole golf course. It's got a good plethora of holes from long to short. It's got a uh, really good set of four four strong par threes that are tough, and it's got four or five par fours that uh, that'll seriously test you. Absolutely. Talk about this field a little bit. It seems like a lot of guys um, come and play this uh, this tournament. Keegan Bradley, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, a bunch of you guys are here this weekend. What is it about this tournament that draws a lot of good golfers like yourself? You know what? It's uh, the way they treat you, and uh, I think pretty much everybody likes to come visit New Orleans. And the sponsors great, and they host us great. How's how's the crowd every year? Seems like there's a big turnout every year for the Zurich Classic, even when it's competing for some as big as Jazz Fest. Seems like uh, a lot of people always show up for this golf tournament. It does. I mean, they they get they get a great support from the community, and uh, it's great to see every see everybody coming out. And we only hope for more and more people to come out. Absolutely. Nicholas, your sister is a star on the LPGA Tour. Your brother Curtis graduated from LSU and is now playing professionally. How much golf do you all talk about 
with your family and uh, do you even get to see them because of your busy schedule yeah we get we, we cross paths throughout the year and then uh head of november and december and uh actually we're all out here this week my my little brother got a sponsor's invite here and my sister's here because she's a zurich ambassador she's here for a couple days and then she goes and plays in uh san fran this week for her own tour so you and your brother will be playing in the same tournament we will. Is this his first time that's happened? No, it's the second. He uh, he Monday qualified for uh, Hawaii this year. Okay, what was that like when you all played with each other? It was cool. Very interesting. Any trash talk? No, no, we didn't get to play in the same group or anything. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Nicholas, I know you're from Florida. You graduated from Georgia Tech. Uh, are you an Atlanta Hawks or Falcons fan, or do you have? If not, do you have a favorite NFL and NBA team? Yeah, you know, I mean, my heart. My heart in NFL and NBA stays in South Florida with uh, the Dolphins and the Heat. Okay. What do you think about the Dolphins' offseason so far? Are you paying attention as far as the draft or anything, or does golf keep you busy? Um, I've I've paid a little bit of attention, and uh, I think they're going to be better. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it will be even better than most people think. And uh, just make, to make it exciting for us to watch down there. You disappointed that the Heat didn't make the playoffs? I am a little disappointed, but you know what? I mean, it's a little bit of rebuilding, uh, and uh, Bosch got hurt and sidelined for the rest of the year. So uh, hopefully hopefully it'll be ready to go next year. Absolutely. That's PGA Tour member Nicholas Thompson. Nicholas, best of luck this weekend at the Zurich Classic. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you very much. Uh, hit them long, hit them straight, you know, or those guys can pretty much do whatever they want with the golf ball. Nonetheless, enjoy the golf if you're heading that direction this weekend. Otherwise, I uh, hope you enjoy the basketball tonight here at the Smoothie King Center. Here's the rundown on the radio. Uh, for those of you listening in the New Orleans metro area, our coverage will begin essentially at 8 Central with the Monty Williams Show. It's a playoff edition. That will go from 8 until 8.30. And then starting at 8.30, uh, we join the Pelicans Radio Network in its entirety uh, for pregame coverage and then tip-off at around 8.42 Central Time. There is uh, local television coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans. Otherwise, those of you listening outside of the um, New Orleans metro uh, viewing and listening area, tonight's uh, ball game is on TNT. And I think you'll enjoy the broadcast crew. It's uh, Brian Anderson, um, Steve Smith, and Tracy Wilson, I think. Yes. So, outstanding stuff. Look for a Pelicans win tonight. Would be fantastic. Uh, it would then guarantee us a trip back out to the West Coast and a Game 5 and would certainly set up the Pelicans to do what they need to do here at home when they take on the Warriors on Saturday night at 7. Um, I don't think there are any tickets available. Maybe the secondary markets, if you're lucky. <laughs> so if you're not coming to the game tonight, if you are coming to the game tonight, full throat, put the T-shirt on when you get here. If not, uh, full throat in your car, at home, at work, toward the radio and the television, uh, John and I will be listening for you for sure. Thanks again to our guests today, Anthony Davis, Mark Stein from ESPN, Drew Brees, Scott Warman from KMOX Radio in St. Louis, and Nicholas Thompson of the PGA Tour. Our uh, assistant here, host today, was uh, Daniel Salas, my co-host there in the final segment. We thank him for his efforts. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you again tomorrow for what we hope is a fantastic uh, Pelicans uh, winning black and blue report. It's the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. No appointment radio. We'll see you next time right here on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, the two team apps, and on iTunes as well. Have a great rest of your Thursday.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. We'll be right back.